It is quite a pleasure to be able to uh, see a few more faces, uh, faces that uh, we don't get to see on a regular basis. And uh, I know there's a lot of faces on the other side of that camera as well that, that we don't get to see. But this Sunday is Resurrection Sunday. And I don't know if you noticed, uh, but I'm going to, I, I don't know that you can read a passage too often. I'm going to read what Wilma wrote again, and if uh, you want to throw it on the screen, if you want to go back to it, you can. But what I want you to notice is how many times Paul says raised or resurrection. I mean, if something's repeated, you shouldn't miss it. Notice what he says. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless and so is your faith. More than that, we are then found to be false witnesses about God, for if we have testified about God that he raised Christ from the dead, but did not raise him, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But, here's, here's the shift, here's the shift. Christ indeed has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. You can't miss how often Paul says raised and resurrection in this passage. He says it over and over and over again. Now, I realize uh, this morning, uh, there are a number of churches that do communion on Friday, on Good Friday. And that's all good. I have no issue with that. But I, I, I feel that, especially on the tail end of a year like the one we've had, and it ain't over, excuse my English, uh, that, that having communion on Resurrection Sunday where we celebrate victory is actually also very important. And so at the, end of my, uh, at the end of my message, I'm going to invite you to participate with us in communion. Because communion is not only an introspection into what God has done for us in sending His Son to die on the cross for us, it is also very much a participation with him in that same journey, and it is a participation and an anticipation of the victory that has already been won. And so, so we do need to remind ourselves, when we take communion, that we're actually also celebrating. And uh, I, you've heard me say this before, I, I wish sometimes that that the same exuberance that, that explodes when the Bombers win the Grey Cup or the Jets score a goal or something, that, that that kind of excitement would also break out when we have communion. Uh, because that does not trivialize the, the, the seriousness of it. It only means that we're also celebrating. We are celebrating resurrection victory this morning. No matter what is happening or has happened in your life, you should always be able to look to the garden where Jesus pled with the Father to remove the cup. But he was obedient. 
You should always be able to look to the cross and know that God loves you, no matter what's going on, no matter what has gone on. And some of you have lost loved ones. We have people from our own congregation that are in hospital that are sick, some that are palliative. Uh, some have gone through significant hardship this year. Uh, we're, not, we're, not, we're not ignoring reality. We're not dismissing it. But I am saying that over and above those circumstances that you have faced this last year, there is a loving God who loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. So, the other thing that we remind ourselves of on a Resurrection Sunday is that God loves you. God loves you. Don't take my word for it. Scripture says it. Scripture says it. He loves you. If there had been any other way, I think God would have avoided the sacrifice on the cross. And I'm going to add to that and say that if any one of us would have actually had sufficient merit that we could earn God's favor without that sacrifice on the cross, then the sacrifice would have been unnecessary. And we know, of course, that that's not true. We can't earn what is a free gift. God's love displayed on the cross is so much bigger than anything else going on in our lives. And I think we have to remind ourselves of that. We have to remind ourselves of that. His love displayed on the cross is so much bigger than anything else going on in our lives. If we really believe in the resurrection, if we really believe that Jesus is here with us right now, that his victory is shared with us, then that's got to have an impact on our lives. That doesn't mean that we're always spouting sunshine when things are tough. It's not an escapist mentality. But there is this peace that passes all understanding that undergirds and carries us through those circumstances. I think of the disciples. They were so used to winning. Having witnessed miracles galore over nature, over demons, over death, over sickness. They had witnessed miracles galore. And now... When Jesus heads to the cross, they are reeling in doubt and discouragement. This doesn't make sense. It shouldn't end this way. And I wonder if Judas wasn't, I'm going to call him a closet zealot. I think his messianic expectations weren't being fulfilled. And he decided that he may as well get something out of this. Yeah, those messianic expectations, they had them. They had them. When they were waving the palm branches, when Jesus entered Jerusalem, oh, that, that harkens back to the Maccabean era and the victory of the Maccabean era. They were looking to a political savior. And those expectations were dashed. He should have been riding on a white stallion instead of on a donkey. And the thing is, we still have messianic expectations, don't we? Let's be honest. I've heard preach, people preaching health and wealth gospel as if, if you're a believer, then it should all go well for you. Hmm, interesting. Yes, God does bless. But I don't know that you can make an argument for a just God picking and blessing only his own. Well, everything changed on Sunday morning. He had conquered death. He had risen from the dead, 
And as we sometimes say, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Thank you. Paul says that this should change us. It should impact us. In Romans 8, verse 11, he says, The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. That's a pretty profound statement. I let it sink in a bit. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, lives in you. That's, that's not the basis for you now being able to brag about how powerful you are, because it's actually not you. At the same time, you're not, no longer able to say, I don't belong to anything. I am worthless. I can't do anything. The Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, Paul says, lives in you. That's a Wow. That means no matter what's going on, you and I can be people of hope and love and joy. How does that change my life? Do I really believe? The gospel is all about victory. Jesus' resurrection shows that his death was victorious. Without resurrection, there would have been no victory. This morning, we affirm that we are Easter people. We are Easter people, and hallelujah is our song. Even on the COVID ward, even at the graveside, yeah, we've had some of those experiences this year. Even when we're confused by conspiracy theories and People drinking the Kool-Aid over here or drinking the Kool-Aid over here and arguments and tension and whatnot all, all over the map. Even when we're struggling after, well, I think, I don't know if it's been longer than that, but certainly this last year or two or three, uh, the term fake news, we no longer know what is real news and what is fake news. Uh, and basically now we all get to decide what's real news. And I'm here to tell you this morning that Jesus rose from the dead and that is not fake news. You can take that to the bank. It's true. It is true. Jesus won the victory. So how do we maintain balance and genuinely experience victory even in the midst of struggle? Because I'm not negating the fact that there is struggle. I, I realize that there is struggle. I have the joy, and also the, the sorrow, but the joy of officiating at Dave Harms' funeral. There's joy in that because he went home. He spent re he's spending Resurrection Sunday in the best place. So that was joy. There are other funerals that are not so joyous. And, and boy, is it a pain when you can only have five people at a funeral. And you can't hug and shake hands and you can't comfort the way you'd like to. You can't go to the hospital. There, there are a lot of challenges. Yeah, absolutely, fine. But at the end of the day, we have to remind ourselves in the midst of all of that that that's not the last word. That isn't the last word. How do we experience victory in the midst of the struggle? I don't want to trivialize it, but I'm going to say the obvious ways are prayer, scripture, and the sacraments. Especially communion. 
As Paul says, as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I think that combination of prayer, shared worship, and bold witness can lead to dramatic signs of victory. I'm, I'm saddened when believers lose perspective and we get caught up in all kinds of other things and, and we engage also in fear-mongering and other things when we should be people of hope. Our world desperately needs hope. Are we, are we providing it? Are we bringing it? Do we believe in the victory won? Or are we participating in fear-mongering and, and discouraging when we should be bringing hope? When the risen Jesus said, As the Father sends me, so send I you, and breathed his Spirit on his followers, he was commissioning them and us to be people of celebration, people of healing, and yes, people of confrontation with the powers. And yes, Paul is also pretty clear that our fight is not against another human being, our fellow image bearer. Our fight is against the principalities and powers, the evil forces, the demons, and Satan's host. Jesus' substitutionary death is not just to rescue sinners from something. It is to rescue them for something. God rescues us and renews us through the death of Jesus in our place so that we may be his partners in the rescue and renewal of the world. Now, I'm not sure, you can enlighten me, but I'm not sure how you can do that if you do not bring hope and love and joy to the world. I'm not sure how you do that. The cross sets us free as image-bearing humans, as God's royal priesthood, to be people of worship and witness, to be people of celebration and service, we can, by the power of the Holy Spirit, be heaven and on earth people already, here and now. We can. With victory assured, we can be signposts for the kingdom, here and now. This is not pie in the sky by and by, we'll put up with this until we get to heaven. As a good friend said to me the other day, he said, it's maybe pie in the sky by and by, but it's steak on your plate while you wait. I like that. I like that. Maybe it's pie in the sky by and by, but it's steak on your plate while you wait. In other words, God has a plan for us while we're here, and it's a good plan. It's a good plan. Our world urgently needs this. Our world needs real, authentic love and hope. The message of the cross is that the victory has been won, that Jesus died for our sins and rose again, to put the right, put the world and ourselves right, and that by his spirit he was going to do a new thing in us and in the world we live in. So our freedom has a purpose. We are ransomed to be royal priesthood. We have a debt of love, and only love can repay it. As John Stott has said, Christianity is in its very essence a resurrection religion. The concept of resurrection lies at its heart. If you remove it, Christianity is destroyed. So folks, I want us to leave here this morning celebrating the victory that Christ won on the cross for us.
He won that victory on the cross, but he sealed it and won it over death by rising again on Sunday.